10 if he's accurate. And he is! Oh, this is some final speech by Gary Lyon. Yeah, what a performance by Gary Lyon. He is a champion playing at full forward for the Melbourne side. Now 76 goals for the season. That was the 1994 qualifying final, I believe, at the MCG. The good news for Gary Lyon is he was both good enough and young enough at that point in time to do that. The bad news for me is I was neither good enough nor young enough to do that at that point in time. I was sitting in the press box watching it. Gary, welcome to the show. Your producer said you were going to play that. I thought he was joking. Very nice of you. Started me up early. Long time ago. It was, and that was a stunning performance by yourselves, and that Melbourne team, I have to say, was a pretty bloody good team. Of course, you ended up coming over here and playing in a heat wave against the Eagles at the Wacker, I reckon, and uh, and getting um, a bit of a touch-up, but it was certainly a strong finals campaign. That is exactly right, and um, the West Australian hospitality was at its finest. No showers. We had to walk back along that main street of uh, Perth, Hay Street, or whatever, whatever it was, back to our hotel. Full of bars, full of West Coast supporters giving us plenty of advice. <laughs> yeah, of course, Gary is the host of SEN Breakfast along with Tim Watson. Gary, describe your reaction last night when you found out that Adam Simpson would be continuing as West Coast coach. Well, yeah, well I was surprised, but only because I, I don't know any better. So I have to um, listen to those that are in the the news breaking game if you like and uh, you know the messaging certainly you know, on the east coast has been so definitive that it would have appeared to be almost a matter of time and uh, the announcement was a suspected it was going to be last week blah 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 and then i was on air at the time and then my producer said in the year uh, we've got some big news about adam simpson i said oh hello they've made a decision that we'll break this and they said he's staying so um Good on him. I'm a fan. I love Adam Simpson. I'm, you know, I've got such admiration for the Eagles. They've had a horrible couple of years, but I was pretty surprised, to be honest. When you've had a couple of years like they've had, do you think, given what you've seen in your time in footy over the years, is it possible for Adam Simpson to coach his way through this? Or would you, if you were the Eagles board, have gone in a different direction? And I'm happy to put my hand up and say, on the record, if I was the Eagles board, I would have gone in a different direction. I would have parted company. Yeah, well, and I'm not dodging the question, but you're much closer to it than I, and I'm watching from afar. I think it's, history says it's difficult. There wouldn't have been many coaches in the history of footy that would survive a couple of years that the Eagles have had, albeit, you know, with some extenuating circumstances, which have been well documented and COVID amongst them. But, you know, since that time, they've been struck down by injuries and all that sort of stuff. But I don't, I don't think that makes up for, you know, some of their performances this year. And, I think it's just a long way back, Duff. I really do for for any coach, and um, you know there'll be some scars there. For, for I know there's a lot of the older blokes who'll be moving on, but there'll certainly be some scars. I know he's enormously respected, Adam. I don't think there's any question about that. But you know, it's uh, there comes a time, and that's you know, the bottom line. There comes a time for all coaches. Um, thankfully, from Adam's point of view, he's going to be given another opportunity to try and reestablish himself and. You know, good on them, and if that's the way they choose to go, it's going to be a really interesting watch, really in the piece. It is going to be a very interesting watch. Have you detected, and this is tough for West Coast, obviously, because of the injuries they've had and the lack of continuity. They've been criticised for, you know, slow and timid ball movement and not adjusting to the modern game. Have you seen anything about them this year that indicates they've been attempting to change, even if they've been trying and failing? Well, the earliest assessment... 
um, I remember you know doing some stuff with our show on the couches early in the piece that no, and there hadn't been the change, and that they did look like they were playing an old, outdated style of footy, and there wasn't a willingness to go forward and a tendency to go sideways, and you know that was a surprise because footy had sort of moved on and evolved. And most of the teams that were competing, you know, for the big prizes were playing a pretty aggressive, you know, attacking style of footy. There was there was an attack. I think Fremantle were probably stricken with a bit of the same. Yeah, um, absolutely. And there, there was a little attempt to change and then, you know, all hell broke loose with whatever it was. First, I don't know what came first, personnel problems or the couple of smashings and then it was just irrelevant what sort of style of footy they apply. And it was basically try and hold up an end and, and not get too heavily scored against. And are you seeing enough from what you've seen of young West Coast players? Jinby has looked okay until he was injured. Um, we've seen um, Elijah Hewitt emerge later in the year as a as a player of young promise. And obviously, we all know and rate Oscar Allen. Are you seeing enough young talent there um, to, to provide the basis, I guess, of a rebuild? And only at the very early stages. And, hey, I've lived this with, with my team. Don't worry. So if there's West Coast supporters listening, thinking that I'm revelling in your um, you know, bottom-of-the-ladder status, I'm not. I've been there and uh, I've seen it, and you just got to hold your line and continue to, to get talent in. Now, I, I'm a huge fan of the boys you took in that draft last last, well, last year, Jimmy and, and Hewitt. They've got to go again and go again aggressively. And... At the same time, have some senior players around them who are going to be able to absorb some of the buildings that are going to come your way. And, you know, I remember Melbourne recruited Daniel Cross, who you, know, you may or may not remember, just an A-grade servant from the Western Bulldogs who came and just was a heart and soul kind of man that kept everyone up, had really high training standards. Jordan Lewis eventually came to, you know, sort of finish that process off. And in the meantime, they just kept taking the best kids they could get. Yeah, and I think West Coast DNA over the years has said that's what they do when they're down the bottom of the ladder. They believe in the draft. They believe that that's how the system is supposed to work. And so they try and get it to work for them in that way. Clearly, there's a kid being talked about as a um, the word being used is a generational talent, which is Harley Reid. But you also need that, that critical mass of young talent, i.e. a number of players that have young talent. So if you're West Coast and you can get two top 10 picks for Harley Reid in a trade, what would you be tempted to do if you were a list manager there? Well, yeah, I'm all care, no responsibility. I, I would look at trying to maximise that and get more talent, given the fact that he's a Victorian-based country kid who comes from you know, 16 kilometres from where I grew up in country Victoria. So there's always that sort of go-home factor in the back of your mind. But... You know, I hear great things about Kurt and the young kid who they'd be really keen on, West Australian boy. Uh, if they can turn one into a you know, couple of top tens and maybe one another one in the first round, then maybe you look to do it. That's not, they're not the panacea, the number one picks over the journey. Um, I've watched this kid a little bit, but I don't profess to understand. Good judges tell you that geez, there's a lot of commentary around him from people I don't reckon have ever laid eyes on him. So... Um, They'll weigh all that up and make the best they can, but they've got a pretty good draft hand and they'll be looking to maximise, I reckon. And um, if they can turn it into a couple, I'd probably be tending to look at that. Yeah, well, Curtin, the bloke you mentioned over here, he's played four senior games for Claremont now and made an absolutely seamless transition into 
senior waffle footy and been pretty good in two or three of those games. And he's got a final coming up this weekend. So we'll watch that um, with interest as well. Hey, there is a final series coming up and it looks like a, a, a bloody good one too, I reckon. There's a lot of teams in form heading into this final series. Who do you like? Yeah, I agree. Um, geez, I reckon uh, this is the Brisbane Lions' best chance uh, they've had. They've been there about for a while, but they're sitting up there, sitting pretty at the moment. Um, you know, potentially going to take a Port Adelaide team on in that first yeah, qualifying final. They'd start pretty short favourites, I'd reckon, and then they've got a home prelim. So they haven't been beaten up at Brisbane since Jonathan Brown was running around, he tells me. So they're, they're in a prime position. Um, and then the winner of that final on Thursday night, I think, is the other one that you'd be pretty keen on being on, whether that's Melbourne or Collingwood, and that's a 50-50 game, I reckon. But whoever won that, I think you'd be uh, they'd be in the box seat to play off in September in the final week. So a uh, big first week. Um, and then the other ones, Carlton, the Giants, a great story. Swans have been there for a long time, and... Um, you know, it's, I think it's St Kilda and that, the other great part of the story. So we've got, we got great finals. We're just really blessed, I reckon. One more before I let you go, Gary, and thanks so much for coming on the show. But who do you like for Coach of the Year? I reckon it's hard to go past Adam Kingsley from the Giants. Yes, yep. Depends on your criteria. But Kingsley you know, has done an unbelievable job. Michael Voss from where they've come from. The best thing about it, there's contenders everywhere. You know, I don't think you can go past Craig McRae. Getting the side on top of the ladder, I think, is the hardest thing in the world to do. So that's a great performance. So Kenny Hinkley's got his boys back in. And if I had to plump for someone, then I'd be very happy for Adam Kingsley because um, they're, they're a magnificent story. It's the clearest brand I've ever seen the Giants play. Um, Gary, I reckon, like, there's a really strong method and um, so so pleased for them that they got into the, the finals last weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks for joining us on the show. Uh, love listening to your stuff with Tim Watson in the morning, and uh, thanks for giving us your opinions on the Adam Simpson decision. Anytime, mate. A pleasure to talk to you. Gary Lyon, of course, he was a, a, a truly great player for the Melbourne Football Club, and we had a highlight of him playing at full forward, but he could also play midfield, centre-half back, half-back flank, wherever you wanted to put him. He was a very, very good footballer. We'll be back with more of the show and to close up the show after the break.